Jumbo, everyone. We are at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I'm frankly long overdue for doing an update here at the park. I don't think we have been here since the holidays, and I apologize for that. Also, uh, it's been a full week since another podcast, and you know, for uh, the last year, we since this pandemic began, we have really tried to up the number of podcasts to even three a week. But uh, because of some business that's come up, I've had to kind of put the podcast a little bit on the back burner, but I'm glad to be back here. Glad to be here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Let's go check some things out. This is uh, pretty new. It's uh, themed up and it's, it's the, uh, the entrance to the park. Uh, there used to be a Lion King one here and then one during the holidays as well. And uh, so we got kind of a new character uh, meet and greet location for PhotoPass. So very cool. Let's go on into the park and see what's happening as we enter Oasis. Part of the reason we have not been at Disney's Animal Kingdom is simply so many other things are happening at the, uh, at the other parks. Uh, Studios has had so many new attractions in the last couple of years. So we've been uh, covering that in a large amount of detail. Epcot is under construction. So there's plenty happening there. Look at that pink uh, spoonbill down there. Nice. And uh, apparently it looks like a swan has joined the uh, spoonbills here in Oasis. Uh, and then we've got one up on top of the rock there. There's another pink one. Very subtle, very lovely little setting to begin our exploration at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And then of course, uh, beyond studios in Epcot, there has been uh, a lot of things happening at the Magic Kingdom as uh, they get ready for the 50th anniversary, which is a real focus of that celebration. In fact, this last week, Tom Sawyer's Island and the Liberty uh, Bell River boat has returned from being uh, in dry dock and uh, and we'll go explore that when it's completed. Uh, Tom Sawyer Island is not completed fully. We have done a previous Tom Sawyer Island comparison in a previous podcast, which is a lot of fun, but we'll do some video exclusive of all the changes there. And uh, we'll have a chance to, to check that out. Um, and then uh, it seems like they're going attraction by attraction at Magic Kingdom to go through all of their existing attractions and get them ready for the 50th. So I think uh, Swiss Family Treehouse is undergoing some attention next. And of course, the People Mover is always under remodeling attention. Just again, love the landscape here in Oasis. It's so, so serene. And, uh, and then we're gonna go over a little bridge, which because of COVID previously had been, I think it was COVID, had not really been open to guests, but uh, has recently reopened. Maybe it was a structural issue, uh, but uh, this is my favorite little way to enter into Discovery Island by going through this little bridge. We head past the falls See the wildlife there and then into the cave and 
As we come through it, lo and behold, we arrive at the bridge to Discovery Island with the tree of life in the center and everything that's beaming around it. So lots of energy and enthusiasm you could see and hear how things just really change as you go from one location to the next. And here, down below, are some Disney favorites. Launchpad McDuck and Donald Duck and Daisy. They're coming through a character cavalcade right through there. So, perfect timing as we head into this uh, section of the park. Let's uh, head into Island Mercantile. Taking a look at a couple of things I might like to get today. And I don't do a whole lot of shopping. I try to offer something on our podcast to show new merchandise that's come in. But uh, today I'm actually shopping for something specific. And I don't quite see it. So you may just run through here and come out the other side empty-handed. Hmm. I'll leave you guessing as to what I am looking for as we go through our exploration here uh, at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. All right, overlooking the river here, we are turning into Pandora. And as you see right at the entrance is a very healthy queue for Navi River Journey. It is a 65 minute line. I wonder how many people think they're getting in line for the uh, Flight of Passage attraction. Uh, there was a reader at the end of the line, but I don't think, I think people just get in the line and don't really think about where they're going. And actually, as even though it's 65 minutes for Navi River Journey, it's only 45 minutes, which is middle of the day, and it is noon right now. For middle of the day, that's uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty small uh, queue for going into what is one of the best attractions and favorite attractions of guests at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Let's just pause here to get just a great little view of the cliffs and the mountains, and then. Going down below, the foliage, the fountains. I love these bridges. I love the weavings that are found within it. All of it is just superb. Now, I don't try to make too many commercials, but I will say, if you want the most complete, complete uh, experience in, um, in uh, understanding all of Pandora. The most complete guide to Pandora is on our new Wayfinder Society Patreon page. See those little guys down there? They have a whole story behind them, as well as the uh, kind of crab looking thing that's right there on the rocks. Their part, and there's another crab thing up above it. These are part of the fauna and flora of uh, of this land. So I just took about 15 to 20 minutes observing an incident where a guest 
was not wearing their mask. And let me just say from the outset, Disney cast members, operations, security, they could not have handled that better. They were clearly patient to the scene. They were available. Nobody was left alone to have to deal with it. There was a team of people. They counseled together in terms of how to resolve the situation. If you observed, and by the way, yeah, I'm not putting any of that to videotape. I made no effort to videotape it. I don't think, I don't think that's helpful. And if anything, it could possibly escalate a situation that doesn't need to be escalated. In my observation of the individual, I think there were some mental health challenges that the person probably, um, probably had. And I say that because um, he struggled, I think, first of all, I think he struggled with just the challenge of wearing a mask. I think it could be possible for someone to have uh, almost a panic attack in a scenario. You've got to come, and, and, and lots of people have panic attacks. That's not a mental health issue. That's just, that's just, um, well, I mean, it can be for some if it becomes um, a consistent kind of thing. But, uh, but honestly, you know, uh, any of us can have that moment where it's just like, you got to take that mask off. You're just overwhelmed by the incident. So it wasn't so much that, although I wouldn't be surprised if it included that. I also saw situations where, and again, I'm observing this from about, about um, 30 yards away. And I observed the individual talking to himself when he was alone. They kept just, just gently and quietly inviting him to please wear his mask. And he put it back on, but then he, and he was sitting down. He wasn't walking around, he was sitting down in Pandora. And he, after a few minutes, he kind of, you know, moved the mask around and just really struggled with the issue. Again, they didn't escalate it. They didn't seem to make any threats. I think they just tried to work with the individual and I cannot applaud enough the patience of the cast members in not escalating that situation. I think that was just really a remarkable uh, example of um, how to handle a difficult situation while consistently being firm. Uh, the expectation being made of, um, of guests, of all guests in the park. This is not some random thing we're asking a few. This is an expectation made of everyone. Even my son, who is autistic, is not in a place, and he recognizes it. He's not in a place where he feels he can wear a mask. And so it's been a year nearly since he's been in the parks and he loves the parks dearly. So, so I, I get the impact of that for some. But at any rate, I just wanted to say, I think it was remarkable how well Disney leadership, uh, management, frontline cast members, security, everybody worked to making that a really, um, the best experience possible 
in terms of not escalating. Now, in the process of walking into Africa, we are here at the entrance of Arambe Theater, home to the Festival of the Lion King. Remember way back when that, uh, that attraction was in Camp Mini Mickey, which is preceded Pandora. Um, it was announced that this show would come back come summer in a modified form that would allow social distancing of the performers. That probably means some elements may be missing. My guess is, is that the monkey's on the chopping block for that for a time, but um, it was, it was good news and bad news. And I say good news and bad news because I'm thrilled the show is coming back. It was bad news because I was hoping the show would come back sooner than summer. It's also bad news because if it's summer before this show's coming back, how long before Indiana Jones and Finding Nemo the Musical and Beauty and the Beast and other shows actually return to the parks? It's kind of, um, that's kind of the, the, uh, the disappointing issue in the background of all of this um but we'll have to wait and see just uh what comes of it all any rate uh it is what it is we are against the river here in africa remember harambe sits on the uh, west african coast it's fictional but that's the that's the setting that ties it to the river so you see welcome to harambe port of east africa and uh and as we turn we see some good friends heading down the river it is uh, Tim, uh timon and uh rafiki and they are beating their way down the river here um so we're in the perfect location to see them and great timing since we just got through talking about festival of the lion king waving and a dancing. You ever thought about the fact that, wait, we don't have Rafiki in the Festival of the Lion King show. I wonder what that would be like to add that character into the show. It wouldn't be a bad thing to add a couple of different elements. If you've never seen it, there's this show, Festival of the Lion King at Disneyland Hong Kong. is actually a very different beast and a very different stage setup. So we'll have to, uh, Talk about that sometime. Maybe in the show notes, I might post. Uh, look for a video. Go to J. Jeff Cobra on the YouTube channel because we actually have video of the finale of that show, and it is a pivoting. It is a very cool finale. So if you have a chance, go check out YouTube channel J. Jeff Cobra to see what that looks like. So we're here at the Harambe Market, and it is busy. Well, at least on the outside, you see all these people lined up on none of them eating actually they've all ordered their meal and they're waiting to enter to pick up their meal um i have loved some of the previous dishes they've changed out some of the dishes let's take a look at them there's a uh they have uh 
had some previous dishes I really like. They have changed that out. There's, uh, they're more like um, bowls now. Ribs and chicken bowl, a grilled chicken bowl, a ribs bowl, a hot link bowl, which I believe is um, a plant-based option. Um, it is a plant-based option. And uh, a Harambe salad and a Simba cupcake. Simba cupcake looks really good, but this is not quite appealing to me today. And I think I'm gonna go for a different option than the one, but it is great to see uh, how involved, uh, how open and you know, lots of people inside dining, a lot of people choosing to eat here. Of course, it's such a perfect location because at this time of day, guests are in these extended areas of the park. And so they're looking for a bite to eat, not at the front of the park, they're looking for a bite to eat here on the outskirts. So again, that's why it is such a successful venue, but oftentimes by three or four in the afternoon, they will close these extended venues because a lot of the traffic will have uh, closed down by that point. So from here, we shall move on toward Asia. I should say that while I see the crowds as not being nearly as overwhelming as they have been in the past, I have family members who are still a little anxious about the size of the crowds. And, um, and that's understandable, but let me just give you um, some ideas about that. First off, be in a different part of the park than where all of the guests are. Um, this is the time of day to be up in the front of the park. If you are going to eat, go eat at the Rainforest Cafe. Go do shopping in the front where there aren't other people. In another instance, look, there's often the less traveled path. And you see this one again up against the main path that looked busy right there. And it's so beautiful. You see that orchid on the tree up ahead. And uh, so there are options for you to be able to kind of feel like you're not in the crowds. It just takes a lot of planning. If I were doing lunch, I'd be in a place where I could be outside and kind of removed from folks. If that's, uh, if being inside makes you makes you anxious so it's just a matter of planning your day carefully enough so that uh, you're not overwhelmed by by where crowds go because while the attendance is still very low it doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments where people are gathering and clustering in certain segments and areas so you have to plan that out over here is a relaxation station. It's a great place to just chill, take a little bit of time and space away from everybody. Also get to the park early in the day or, and, and leave the park, go to a hotel, get some rest, go to a pool. Pools are fairly empty midday, and uh, especially this time of year, and then come back right before closing when I tell you these parks look really empty as you get toward closing. So. Lots of options to be able to figure out your day when you're here at Disney's Animal Kingdom or any of the parks. All right, we are entering Asia. Okay, we are here at the Anandapur uh, Local Food Cafes, which is operated by the same folks who take care of Yak and Yeti. You see a lot of guests sitting around outside. This is not a place you can mobile order. Um, because it's operated by a third party, 
uh, you don't have that option. They have some interesting things here. They've always had the honey sesame chicken on the menu. I'm gonna zoom in a little bit on this menu. Uh, but they've added the American Kobe cheeseburger, the Korean fried chicken sandwich, teriyaki chicken salad, um, vegetable masala, sweet and sour temperature. So they've added some interesting things. We're gonna try some of these things out. So I mentioned that uh, if you look around, you can find a quieter place to sit. And this is the location I found for dining. It's actually across the way. And uh, yeah, there's a few diners, but it's a pretty quiet place compared to the main dining area that they have. And uh, I wanna talk about what I ordered for lunch. So you're gonna think I'm crazy, but here at this Asian eatery, I've ordered the cheeseburger with the fries. I did that because I wanted to see if they were using a different meat and giving a different hamburger experience than your traditional one that you would get at Restaurant Source or at other Disney restaurants. I can already tell you the fries are different and I'm loving that already. We'll see how the hamburger turns out. And uh, we also put in for a little mango treat. We'll see how that turns out as well. So more to come. Uh, before I eat, uh, just another look at the cheeseburger that I ordered. Better quality bun, thicker meat than you get in a traditional Disney um, hamburger. Added the fixins, looking good. And the fries are seasoned, by the way. So this should be should be a pretty good tasting meal. We'll check it out. Another upside to this little tiny corner location across from the local foods uh, cafes of Amanda Parr is that um, you have a view of the river behind you and the character cavalcades, they come and go, which would have been coming through here, except we just got a little sprinkle of rain. So I'm huddled underneath this little umbrella, hoping that the rain uh, passes through in just a couple of minutes. But I'll give you a little review of the uh, lunch experience. And uh, I have to say, if you, the hamburger at this counter service location is probably the best hamburger you're going to get at a counter service location in Walt Disney World because I think it's the only third party that is serving hamburgers or cheeseburgers. Mind you, there are a lot of other really good choices, but if you're wanting to get a cheeseburger in the parks, this might be the location. Now, typically, I end up usually over at Satuli Canteen or uh, at the barbecue, Flame Tree Barbecue, because they have great menus and so worth it. But if you want something different and you want that better hamburger, but you don't want to sit down to some place like Primetime Cafe to get that cheeseburger, because I think the meat served here is actually the same that they serve at Rainforest Cafe. So you may not think that that's uh, great quality uh, hamburger, but let me tell you, it's a whole lot better than what Disney is serving at Restaurantosaurus or other locations. So, so this is this is the better choice. The seasoned fries were great, and there were plenty of them. In fact, I did not even finish them. I wanted to try the mango dessert, which after it was given to me uh, on the tray, I was thinking, yeah, this doesn't look that impressive. Actually, it tasted pretty good. I think uh, I think that was. Uh, Kind of worth it too but there are a lot of really great 
um, <clears throat> dessert choices in the parks. So um, you have lots of choices to go with. So you don't have to do dessert here. But anyway, that's the review. We'll uh, try another dish sometime in the not too distant future here at this cafe's because I'd really like to see how their Asian food is doing and, uh, and how they compare um, to uh, previous visits in the past. It's been long overdue because uh, Pandora opened. I've just been doing a lot of Satuli Canteen and Flame Free Barbecue has always been my favorite. So it was, it was high time to go back and visit this and uh, I'm glad I did. All right, with the rain. Where do we go next? Uh, I'll just go on record. Rain is another thing that really closes down a park or at least its main pathway. So get a rain jacket, get an umbrella and just keep hitting the parks and, uh, and know that uh, there are gonna be a whole lot less people around you. Here's Expedition Everest background. I always love this little statue and how it aligns with the mountaintops so very clever and all of the little um uh the theming here it's just so amazing and yet um a lot of this holds a lot of the projection equipment and other tools that are used for what has been rivers of light boy we could use I just missed that show. I think it didn't have enough of a chance. And I hope that maybe it could be reinvented and brought back into the parks at some future date. Because I think it, uh, it didn't get a fair enough chance before the pandemic. Uh, if you listen to the soundtrack, it's just, it, that soundtrack is in many ways nearly on par, nearly on par with, um, with uh, Illuminations, uh, I think, the, the last Illuminations uh, soundtrack that uh, came about in, uh, during the millennium. So, my thought on that, but uh, uh, taste may different. Again, by the way, uh, again, if you want space, all of that, those seating areas are available to guests who want to just take their mask off and relax. Again, another quiet place to just get away from the crowds. This sign at the entrance to Chester and Hester says rides of extinction instead of rides of distinction. And nothing could be truer as we enter uh, this area because primeval world is gone and its days are over. I had heard that uh, they had even begun dismantling tracks of the attraction. I had seen images of the vehicles being carried away, um, but I had also heard rumors that the track was uh, trying to look here. I don't see any evidence of that yet, but we'll come by around the other side. Most attractions like this that simply were really kind of off the shelf and somewhat lightly customized. These attractions are usually sold to another theme park somewhere else. They'll be required to paint it different colors and the theming they won't be able to take with them at all or anything like that. But they will, um, 
Yeah, these things usually get sold. In fact, most of the theme park rides that you go on have often had a shelf life somewhere else uh, before coming to that particular theme park. Especially lesser things like carousel. Well, think about it. Uh, the oldest attraction at Walt Disney World is the carousel because it was established, I believe, back in 1917, over 100 years ago. And uh, it had gone through a long journey before it was bought by Disney and completely redone and reimagined into uh, what it is today. So, so this is what happens to attractions like that. Notice uh, a little bit of a paint job at Chester and Hester's. I don't recall this kind of spotting of the dinosaurs in the back area. Uh, so that's a little on the side of different. As uh, Dinorama goes through its ups and downs to get it with the, uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, if you haven't had a chance already, do check out my podcast, which uh, takes a look at um, three fairly low, no cost options. I'm talking about a few, a dozen million as opposed to hundreds of millions. Offers some great options for how to deal with this whole Dinorama area and reinvent it so it would be popular to the guests again. And I think it's a really good podcast, so go check it out. It's about eh, 20 podcasts back. I'm having a problem with my numbering system. It shows up differently on different podcasts, so work with me on that. I'm trying to do that here. I love the Boneyard, completely closed still during this period of COVID. Very disappointing. I have to, because we've got to have some animal in the middle of this, I have to show you this uh, little uh, American crocodile, not little, guy's huge. Um, but I read this great story from Jim Corcus. He had interviewed Solly about the early days of Disneyland. It's in the, his extinct Disneyland book. So if you get a chance, just uh, take out, check out that book. But uh, in the book, they said in the early days, Walt wanted some live animals. And so there was a little pen, and I have seen a couple of black and white images of it. It was a little pen uh, filled with some baby uh, alligators. And uh, they kept jumping the pen and running in different locations. And uh, they didn't last very long. But you can imagine from that really disaster of trying to do that, you know, so many years ago, we now have what is Disney's Animal Kingdom. It has truly gone, uh, it has really evolved over the decades. And uh, I think if Walt Disney were here, he would love this park and would love the things that it offers, both in terms of its involvement and incorporation of live animals. I mean, Kilimanjaro Safaris, it really, truly rocks in terms of its ability to give you an experience like you were truly in Africa. But also the other attractions such as here in Dinoland and elsewhere, you know, uh, we talk about dinosaur maybe not being up to snuff compared to other attractions, compared to Indiana Jones Adventure, which follows the same ride track. But hey, let's be honest here. 
it's a it's a big evolution from the primeval world of Disneyland on the train as much as I love that attraction as well so yeah over the years it's evolved and uh, it's all good all right we are here at the Discovery Trading Company I did say I was looking for something in particular so let's just uh, meander through uh, one thank you very much going to meander through here and see if we can't uh, find what I'm looking for. And you know what? It just may not be offered here. Uh, I'll just give it away right now. What I'm looking for is a new iPhone case. And I know when you're in Tomorrowland, there are options. And it seems like at the front of the studios, there are some options. But I can't remember where you find those options in Disney's uh, Animal Kingdom. So we're just kind of meandering the space because it keeps us dry and because it allows us to check out all the great merchandise. Let me check this out. Okay, I love the socks. This is pretty good, but it seems like the ones that uh, were gifted to me two years ago were a thicker material. Still, this is pretty good. I'm tempted to tempted to uh, maybe buy another pair. I love that pair of socks and um, I don't like thinner weaves, woven socks. I like thick socks. If I'm going to wear socks in Florida, I'm going to thicker weave. So, all right, we're passing through here. And uh, you have iPhone cases? Yes, we do. Where are they? Um, they're in the straight ahead, towards um, the left. Uh, in the middle of the room over there. Thank you. All right, well, all right, some camera cases. And uh, oh, we gotta go around here. This is the checkout area. And weaving through here, the line for the checkout area. We're moving through past the bands. I gotta tell you, they've come up with a lot of cool bands. Look at these two. These are, um, if I'm correct, yeah, these are wireless headphones, and they're at $19.99, both a Mickey and Donald. How cool are those? I'm telling you, I, one of the things I will never do is buy uh, another uh, Apple um, version of those because losing them just makes me cry at the price that they sell them at. But here, it's a good deal on that, I think. And here is what I'm looking at. Some OtterBox cases. I wanted the OtterBox series. They are a little bit more on the expensive side. And uh, uh, expensive as in $69.99. That is expensive. Uh, I think if I were to buy a plain one online at Amazon, I'd be spending about $30. But hey, I like Disney, so maybe I'll do it. Just not sure if I'm really sold on any of those. This one, probably the most. I, it's a beautiful image of Cinderella Castle. Uh, let's see. Are there any others? Oh, here are some more, but they're not otter boxes. But there's some great designs in here. I may want to go to Disney Springs 
because there you can custom order. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, I probably want to do something a little bit, a little bit nicer if I'm going to pay that price. Here's some more phone cases, great phone cases, but none of them are the OtterBox. I will say some magic bands that are just really cool. And uh, I'm giving you a glimpse of those. And that, that one is really nice. That goes with the 2021 uh, series. I'm not big on the shirt design, but it looks great in a magic band. And uh, love the orange bird one. Tempting, but maybe I'm gonna save it until I get to uh, Disney Springs. And by the way, I'm long overdue for doing an update at Disney Springs, so maybe that'll be one of my upcoming upcoming uh, podcasts. So stay tuned. There's so much more to uh, to come. And uh, and here we go. I got one too. All right, we're heading toward the exit of Disney's Animal Kingdom, and we missed another character cavalcade. Oh, I'm so bummed that we missed that one. And that one seems to have had Pocahontas and Miko. So sorry about that. Sorry we missed that. Um, they had stopped temporarily during the rains, but we will head here through the exit. Now see, observe, guess. People tend to, because most people are right-handed, they tend to go toward the right when they exit. And the same is true. Look at the ones coming in there on the right-hand side facing in. We, of course, are going to go in the exit the same way we came in. And that is to go through the cave and across our bridge. And uh, you almost feel like you just entered a world and now you're leaving it behind. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's just a kind of a cool effect. And I love, love the landscaping in Oasis. Now this is a place to be at this time of day because there's just no guests in this area and you can explore, check out the animals, the fauna, birds, see what you can find in this space. Now I'm always looking for the wallaby. Uh, native to Australia and uh, one of these days I will capture the wallaby. I don't know if you see the fish down there. But I think they're like pike. Man, serious fish. Serious size fish. But the wallaby, not so easy to find. In fact, their cage is open so maybe because of the rains they've allowed them to go back in. That's a bummer. But that doesn't change the fact that it's still beautiful as is all of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And uh, we hope that you get a chance to visit again soon. On, uh, as I always say at the end of this, please make sure that you subscribe to DisneyAtWork.com and DisneyAtPlay.com. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to our podcast, Disney at Work and Play. And uh, we're on lots of different mediums, but uh, just subscribe to one so you can uh, be notified of upcoming podcasts as they come along. And of course, like this one today, it's not just a podcast, but it'll also be a video on YouTube. So check out J. Jeff Cobra because there you'll see all the visuals. 
and lots of videos. We have over a hundred videos and uh, there's lots to check out, including, remember that Lion King in Disney's hometown? Got lots of international park videos. Anyway, as we say with Sinbad's storybook voyage, always, no matter where the trail leads you through life, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.